Seth, imagine just a guy coming in your house, your wife and your kids all there, and he just like puts his zombie fingers in your face, and you're just supposed to take it. Like, what the shit is going on? I mean, that's really the part that bothered you the most. Oh man, like, look, man, I'm like, I'm looking. God, just looking at the only the only black man representation in this movie, and he's the worst person in the movie. Well, we had the smoking janitors. They was cool as shit, you know. Yeah, they were cool. They were cool, but then we got this fucker, this broke back fucker. Like Jesus. Meanwhile, I'm just over here. Like, did y'all see that Guillermo del Toro bought the screen worn Phantom of the Paradise costume? I'm having a great time over here. Shape of Water. Guillermo del Toro and J. Miles Dale produces. The Shape of Water has 13 Academy Award nominations this year, winning four Oscars tonight for production design, music original score, directing, and best picture. Thank you. Thank you very much. Growing up, growing up in Mexico as a kid, I, I was a, a big admirer of foreign film. Foreign film like uh, E.T. or William Wyler or uh, uh, Douglas Sirk or Frank Capra. And a few weeks ago, uh, Steven Spielberg said, if you, are fun, if you find yourself there, if you find yourself in the podium, uh, remember that you are part of a legacy, that you're part of a, of a world of filmmakers, and be proud of it. I'm very, very proud. I want to dedicate this to every young filmmaker, the youth that is showing us how things are done. Really, they are in every country in the world. And I was, I was a kid enamored with movies uh, growing up in Mexico. I, thought uh, this could never happen, it happens. And I want to tell you, everyone that is dreaming of a parable, of using genre fantasy to tell the stories about the things that are real in the world today, you can do it. This is a door, kick it open and come in. Thank you very much. I watched a guy do fucking doses and mimosas every Sunday and completely lose his sense of self. Whoa. To quote Jeez. my favorite Disney theme parks billboard, I can't glow on like this. Oh my god. <laughs> Jeez. I'm, so I didn't. Yeah. I'm so glad I was never that guy. I have friends who were that guy, but I'm so glad I was never that guy. But uh I don't know how to segue to the shape of water. Well, speaking of being that guy who's constantly popping oh, pills. And candy and intimidating people in bathrooms. With, with limbs falling off. Yeah. 
<laughs> Just like me. <laughs> I also I also couldn't celebrate my 21st birthday because I had just wrecked my knee by standing up. Ooh. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes life put cat in the blender. It happens. And now I have someone else's knee, at least a little bit. Nice. Zom- zombie knees. Shout out to zombie knees. Uh, speaking of of uh, good knees, the shape of water. <laughs> sure. He did have he did have luscious gams. Like his legs were legged. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, <sighs> this fucking movie, man. So, all right. <laughs> I, so, I can only I can only. I don't sp- think you liked it at all. I think you're trying to be nice, but I can kind of tell you're like, nope. So swipe left on the fish, man. So at six oh one Central Standard Time tonight, I launched the Wikipedia for the Oscars of Shape of Water year, and so it was eighty seventh Oscars. There was a thought that I had: this movie beat some other movie that was like well deserving of an actual award. And I couldn't remember what it was. It was the 90th Oscars, my bad, it was 90th Oscars. And I was like, what the hell did this movie beat that I was so upset about in the moment? And this one over <laughs> get out, like this is a get out year. Like this was, oh. fan- this was Phantom Thread year. This was, I know, Call me by your name, you know, it's an actor in there. We oh kinda, man, every we, we everyone's favorite Winklevoss twins. Yeah, we kind of moonwalked away from the cannibal, but uh that was yeah. a, still a good movie. Uh Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Lady Burr, which you know we, we don't fuck with. Uh, uh the post, which is I love Spielberg, well, you know, it's, it's midi mid, and uh three billboards, which aged like no second rips. I walked out the theater. Rips, what? Three yeah, billboards. I, yeah, I do actually. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you, Kat. I always oh. see people talk bad about that movie, and I'm like, yeah, what do you want? Like, people are bad. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. People people are bad, and they do bad things, and then sometimes they have like a horrifying event that happens to them because they're bad people who do bad people things, and it makes them do one decent thing, and that doesn't exonerate them, but it really accurately captures how messy and gross people are. Hold yeah. on. So what's the what's the hotter take? Three billboard rips or Shape of Water is good? Three billboard rips, I think. Yeah. People like Shape of Water. Yeah. You Mark, you forget that there's a whole like, yeah, there are the monster fuckers, but do you have any idea how many people have been waiting for a monster romantic comedy? That's yeah. a bigger section of the population than I think you think. Well, we have venom for monster fucking. We don't need other this won Best Picture and Del Toro won Best Director, and which yeah. what I the kind fuck? of think it was deserved. Oh no! Oh, this no. is this is the year that I was abroad, so I didn't get to see all of the Oscar movies, and I am killing myself for not driving my ass to Rome to see it in a theater. Oh, like no. if I could go back to 2018 and be like, get on that fucking train. I would. <laughs> Holy smokes. Go dance with the fish man, you piece of shit. Oh, no. You can get a hangover later. Holy shit. Seth. Seth, please be the voice of reason. Yeah, so 
this is where I will not agree with Kat, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting lineup for films that year. We're starting to see some diversity. There's still some like strange legacy picks like The Post, please. Tell me about a movie that no one has thought about in like a hundred years more than The Post. Was Spotlight the year before or the year after? We got so many newspaper movies in, in the yeah. middle of the death of newspapers. Yeah, Spotlight was cool. I liked Spotlight. But yeah, Shape of I Water was a movie that I saw. I used to try to see every Best Picture nominated movie. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped because uh, most of them suck. And the Oscars are nonsense. But I did see Shape of Water in theaters. And I walked out thinking, wow, what a weirdo movie for weirdo people. And then it won Best Picture. And I remember I watched my parents and my dad was like, so do you think that should have won Best Picture? I was like, not at all. (laughs) No way. But Hollywood loves movies about Hollywood. And they love movies about like the creative process. So it's interesting you picked you know, these two movies to pair together. It was like, hey, modern Mexicans talking about the magic of movie making and the creative process. One a very romantic view and one a very pessimistic view. Rewatching it, I rewatched this last night for this show and a lot of the charm just kind of wasn't there anymore. Um, Unfortunately for me, it was just so much like, Hey, did you know I like movies? Hey, in case you didn't know, I really like movies and fanciful stuff. I'm going to give him a little card in the bathtub that says, thank you for being my friend. And it doesn't look like any greeting card you've ever seen before. And there's going to be a chocolate factory on fire. You know, this movie had me researching for like 25 minutes, whether or not there was actually a chocolate fire factory fire, you know, in Baltimore around this time. I found nothing. I mean... <laughs> I I don't necessarily think this should have won Best Picture, but I'm really fucking glad it exists. And I also appreciate that everyone in the Oscars that year, at least by ranked choice voting, outed themselves as dirty little freaks. I mean... <sighs> that, that to me is what that's about. I liked it. Maybe it's just because I liked everyone in it, and I was like, this is charming as shit, and it's beautiful... Mm-hmm. And it has a nice color palette, and it makes me feel like I'm taking a warm bath, but, like, also with a a surprisingly large amount of blood for a warm bath, but, you know, in a nice way. I don't know. I think that my biggest problem with it was I thought it was a little heavy-handed with the, like, commentary. But upon... A little. Yeah, a little. Wait, you mean every pie man that you fall in love with isn't a bigoted racist? (laughs) Hey, man, every pie man I've ever loved is deeply homophobic. Uh, (laughs) For fuck's sake, look at them. Oh, shit. I love the fact that (laughs) for his character, we're like supposed to be like charmed by his fake accent. And then literally within 15 seconds, he's outed as a homophobe and a racist. Like what whiplash? Hey, man. Hey, 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 hey. (laughs) These these yep. southern colors don't run. Uh, <laughs> he he commit he bought the whole package and the package included racism and homophobia. Yeah, absolutely did. Well, it's odd because he's pretending to be southern, and he reveals he's actually from like Canada, doesn't he? Yeah, some shit like that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Not from the South, so. Yeah, so Guillermo was like, hey, it ain't just the Southern people. It's also the people who are cosplaying as Southern people. Yes. The people from America's hat. <laughs> yeah. But... I don't know. I liked it. I don't think it's the best thing ever, but I liked it. I thought it was mm-hmm. good. I had a nice time. So I... <laughs> so I... This never happens. I'm always the one that's like, it was too long and I didn't like it. And Mark's yeah, like, but what about long. this? And I'm like... I don't know what to do now that I like something that he doesn't like. I feel like, is the podcast over? You, like, know, the, you know, the funny thing is... You so, win. You win. <laughs> so, you know, the funny thing is, like, I think the the machinations of the movie and what he wanted to accomplish with it, I think he did. I don't think the movie is bad. I just didn't respond to it. Like, the heavy-handedness of what was going on like i didn't really respond to actually you know funny i'm not gonna lie i actually like the lead woman actually yeah I, she's I, great I, like, she's to wonderful me, to me she was when she was on camera i absolutely think she was captivating and that's not even a joke that's like full stop but the moment I, she's not on camera i just like totally checked out i love a good fish man but the minute she entered a frame, I turned to her like a sunflower to the sun. She's mm-hmm. she is wonderful, and she's also great in the Paddington movies. And I just like her a lot. Well, oh, is this is, is, oh, is this is this Paddington despair <laughs> hour? This, are, are we whoa? Are we going to rip Paddington right now, Seth? I think the Sally podcast Hawkins. might be over. <laughs> Sally Hawkins. Whenever she looks at a script, she says, "Okay." But is it about a woman who falls in love with something that is not a human? Hey. If the answer is yes, she agrees to do it. Hey, we, we don't kink shame furries um, over here. Hey, hey, she was in The Phantom Menace, which I guess one could argue is... What was she yeah. in Phantom Menace? I saw that. I don't, probably I, the, wife, I, the human wife of some alien. I don't know. No, I spent like three hours researching this last night. Because I have no chill, and I also am friends with a bunch of people who do the, like, exactly accurate Star Wars costumes. Okay. So I was nice. like, who, who is she? It's not that nice, but, you know, whatever. Uh, I was like, who is she? And they were like, she's Villager 13B. And I was like, <laughs> and that is her second biggest letterboxed credit? That's hilarious. Letterboxes, you know, letterboxes is getting kind of getting silly, man. Like... <laughs> yeah, she's credited as bystander. <laughs> Uncred- uncredited. Yo, okay, like letterbox. You know, I I believe in giving everyone full credit. You know, but come on. Do you think she even made scale? Like, probably not. <laughs> she had. She didn't talk. She she didn't even need to be in a union if she didn't talk. Like, yeah. <laughs> holy shit. But uh, I don't know. I like the fish boy. Oh, you mean Interesting- the asset? Interestingly enough, the fish boy, there's no two ways about it. He's no creature from the Black Lagoon, is he? Hilarious. He's too skinny. Uh, yeah, very skinny. I've met Doug Jones. He is actually that skinny. He's also very nice. I cried when I met him wow. because he was so nice to me. Aww. But like, he just looks like if Doug Jones was a fish, which I guess is the point. <laughs> but like, yeah. <laughs> Perfectly casted. He was there a thick was a clown. Moment where I was like, is this is this Doug Jones's Mr. Limpet? 
And I couldn't right. unthink that, which was unfortunate. Well, it, it's too similar. You have Guillermo doing this after he's doing Hellboy. It's too close to Abe Sapien. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Hellboy movies, but like the design is, it's it's way too close. Like it's just, it's not, I don't know, fish-like enough or I don't know. <laughs> I mean, well, then at one point he f- hops. So I was like, this bitch a frog? Like, I. <laughs> he was like crawling around a little bit. Like, it no, was. No, but he, he, he does a little frog hop at one point. And I was like, what what is the meaning of this? <laughs> he is. What? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Also, like, it only takes him like two days to learn how to communicate with her. And he has seemingly been like living in this Amazonian river with people like offering him food and stuff like at no just people like hey hey man it's pocahontas rules they love each other enough that language ceases to be a problem right right i mean call me old-fashioned i guess it didn't bother me that they didn't fuck because like i said there's so much monster fuckery out there and i know it really bothered mark because that was the big thing he complained about in his letterbox review they talked all this shit about fish fucking, and we didn't get fish fucking. Like, what's going on? And that was a on? pleasant surprise Wait. for me. Oh, You're geez. sad that we didn't see it because it's it, it yes. Happens. We know it happens. I, I mean, we know the sun comes up, but if I want to see shit. If he doesn't like see that fish dick, how does he know it really happened? There it is. Okay. There he wants is. that scale to move aside. And the longer scale to come out. Bitch, I'm telling you the truth. There it is. If a tree falls in the woods and no one's around, does that shit make a sound, Seth? Um, I guess See, exactly. so. That might be, exactly. might be hard to illustrate on screen. Might be hard. Hey. <laughs> I didn't need it. It was nice to not have it. Oh, man. Seth, is yeah. it was it nice to not have it? My problem <laughs> was just like again, Sally Hawkins rules. You know, she's great in this. I like her character. She's got her egg timer schedule. She's scrubbing that, her shoes every morning. You know, she's like she's got her whole thing, and and we get it. Like yeah, okay. You know, she's separate from the world because she doesn't see herself in the world. And then she, she she finds this person that she sees herself in, and so she finally becomes connected to the world. Even though she's like a nice person, and she has all of these connections, and she has this community of people and friends at work and in her home community. Yeah. But okay, fine, whatever. My problem with it is like, biologically, you don't know what's going inside of you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, not everything is compatible. Not everything is plus and minuses. And I'm just worried, like... From like a like a hygiene yeah, standpoint, a, a lot of a lot of non-human genitals have barbs or yes. things that inflate or yes. other potential problems. You see, yeah, man. For we scientific reasons, for scientific we reasons, microbes. we need to see it. You know. <laughs> so it was just like to me, it was like, all right, you you, you know, know you- someone in the lab's job was to wank off the fish man. Oh, man. Hey. I, I mean, <laughs> it's a dirty job, but someone's got to do it, you know? She's just willing to risk it all, like, yes. instantly. 
And it's like, it's not like, well, Sally Hawkins, like we need to see a little bit of her trying to find a date. Yeah. And it not working out. There's no I... reason why this woman should not be like lined up with men around the block. You know what I'm saying? We need yeah. to see it established every... her like not being able to have sex with humans to be able to jump in right away and be like, whatever's going to come out of your body is going to go into my body and it will biologically be okay. There are no microbes that will affect me. Exactly. I just think it's really interesting because everyone except the bigots speaks sign language in this universe. So like by that account, there should be people who will date her. I think I missed this part, but is there no decent straight guys in this movie other than the smoking janitors? Because, like, the husband is shit. Yeah, actually, I was pissed. Like, this husband was fucking worthless. It was like, what do you... Yo, first of all, okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry, but no white man is coming to my house and talking to me like that and just nothing happening. I don't give a shit what century it is. Like, I don't care, bro. Like, what the fuck? His back hurt. I was... I was so pissed. I was <laughs> okay. It's one thing if you like in private and and someone checks you. Okay, yeah, it happens. Yeah. You get scared. Whatever. In front of your wife? Hell no! I was so upset. <laughs> I was so fucking upset. Like no. Okay, but okay, but you're saying any white man? All right, we're not talking about some Dwight or Nigel. This is Michael Shannon. With black fingers. <laughs> I, I would have bit them shits off. Nah, dog. You, you're not pressing my wife in front of me like this, big dog. This shit ain't going. Like, what's going on? I was... Uh, but he, isn't the whole point of her is that, like, she just has given this... I don't even want to call him a man, because he doesn't really... <laughs> that. Uh, this this fella. Uh, like she, she's made too many chances and excuses for him, and and that complacency is like part of her journey as well, because she's kind of having the journey that Elisa is having in reverse. Yeah, mm. but at least at least have Shannon pull a gun on him. You know, like yeah. he just he just he waved his taser stick. Hey, not, or not, I, you I don't know, think. Or, no, he 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 puts it on the end table right when he comes in, I believe. He makes it known it's there. You have to tase me. I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? You got to tase me. I can't have my wife thinking I'm letting somebody punk me in front of her. No. Despite the fact that Mark's Twitter icon is a teddy bear. He's a tough right. fucking teddy bear. Listen, listen. T-U-F-F teddy bear. The bear got claws, you know what I mean? Like, oh, my gosh. Oh, man, and, nah. and apparently a willingness to get tasered. For the love of my life, my queen, zap zap. For the love of my life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hell no, man. But he doesn't treat. He treats her like a like a mom or like a maid. Yeah. Throughout the whole movie, she's yeah. complaining about how much he sucks. All the men in this movie are trash, except for the fish man, and that's because he doesn't speak enough English for us to know that he's actually a bigot. Well, also, oh my god, and, and the janitors too. The the smoking janitors. That's, the smoking that's janitors. But also, the Russian guy, Bob. Dimitri. Is, is, yeah. is that's a that's an interesting question. Is Dimitri trash? I mean, he gives him up at the end, but he's being. He's also out. being tased while bleeding out into a pile of trash. I kind of understand maybe wanting to end that suffering. Yeah, Hilarious. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, you can do without that entire scene. 
at her house with the husband and the this and the that. Because this movie is like 40 minutes too long. If you want to make it an old-fashioned creature feature, why are we doing this for two hours? Why do we have so many characters? We have two. Two heads of security in this movie who are in a power struggle sometimes. I don't know why. Yeah. Why does that need to be? Just make Michael Shannon the head of security for a facility that apparently regularly attains assets. <laughs> hey, game, I'm back from the Amazon. I'm back at my normal post where I work with the government already. Why do we have two heads of security? There's so much nonsense in this movie. Guess what? I know the name of the guy who owns this movie theater that they live above. Why do I know that? He has an assistant. <laughs> he even has somebody under him. Too many, too many cooks. We even get this husband, which is the trope of the woman talking about her husband the whole movie, and it's a joke, it's a joke. We meet him in this movie. You know what I'm saying? Guillermo yeah. was like, no stone left unturned. If a person is mentioned, we will see them. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, I, I would like to state for the record that Creature from the Black Lagoon is an hour 19, and that's with there the full front and end credits. Well, that movie is. is also not that great. but. <laughs> now, we've had some hot takes tonight. Now, that is... Cats walking away. <laughs> that is the take, ladies and gentlemen. Seth, I can't believe it. This has never happened on a pod before, but wow. in within is gone. within thirty minutes of an episode, our guest has ejected Kit Kat Chinetti from. Wait, her I can see a poster of the creature from the Black Lagoon. Exactly. On her wall. Yes, exactly. Seth. Seth. How did you do this? <laughs> now, what I will say, maybe I should wait. I mean, she might not even be coming back, but. Oh, shit. Seth, violating. You tell him you're sorry. <laughs> okay, now what I will say for the creature of the Black Lagoon, the underwater scenes oh, in that shit. film are amazing. Arguing on a boat with four idiots, not so amazing. But uh, it is, in my opinion, the best picture of being a woman in STEM that I have ever seen. <laughs> okay, it is yeah, incredibly accurate. All right, yeah, I see, I can see that definitely. And there's a fun twist of a cool, well-designed fish man who actually was the first monster designed by a woman. I read a really great book about it. Hmm. Nice. Seth, Sethy boy, Seth. Look at this. <laughs> uh, no, it's fine. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's not bad. It's not a bad movie. It's not. <laughs> so that has to be one of the hottest takes to offend one of the hosts of the show ever. So, congrats. Seth, you made history. I'm so I proud do, of you. I can do them rapid fire if you want. Oh, uh, well, I mean. <laughs> I don't know. You got to be careful, Seth. You got to be careful. That, that's like one and a half strikes. So you got to be careful. Seth. What's What's your favorite of the classical monster movies? Do you have a favorite? Yes, Invisible Man. All right. Okay. Yes. Which really, really surprised me. Yeah that that um, one actually rips. 
yeah, yeah we the, covered that the practical way effects in that like still look really cool yeah and then they yeah, made it into it. a horrible remake yeah uh, are you talking hollow man or are you talking <laughs> no, no the, i'm talking the one like two years ago the invisible man uh 2020 yeah so the first maybe 30 35 40 minutes of that movie scared me so bad that i turned it off and didn't oh, watch it again shit. for a year and then when oh, i resumed shit. it i was like oh the rest of this movie isn't very good <laughs> oh, so, well, like for me it turns the corner when the sister gets stabbed yeah because like wh- what <laughs> yeah when we figured out it was a literal invisible man i was like yeah right. yes yeah, i hit yeah. the eject button so yeah 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 but it's not a, I mean, we all know that tech bros are evil, but <laughs> exactly. We, I don't we need already to had Creature from the Black Lagoon to tell us that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there, see, Seth, you, you walk right in that one. But I know you shot a Hollow Man a second ago. That's for the true sickos. <laughs> like Kevin Bacon is a extraordinary sicko, and not a good yeah. way either. He's fucking yeah. wild in that movie, but. I gave Shape of Water on Letterboxd two and a half stars. Holy like, Moses. And it's the, of anyone I follow, it's the lowest uh, I've seen. So I, I okay. know I, I'm in the minority, which is which is totally fine. And that's yeah. and the thing is, like when Kat says that she liked it, I understand why. But it's just like a thing of it just really didn't affect me in that way. Hey, you know who rated this film three stars on Letterboxd? Ryder Strawn, also known as uh, Sean Hunter from Boy Meets World. Is he on Letterboxd? <laughs> he is. He is. I follow him. Letterboxes. Letterboxes is kind of funny, man. We, it was cute when Scorsese got on, but I don't know, man. We got to we gotta. You don't want to be this. rubbing elbows with Rob Zombie and Greta Gerwig? Fuck no. Hell, well, Greta, I mean, <laughs> hey. I mean. Boston's she... own Rob Zombie? If, if is he from Boston? He's from like Worcester, but he claims he's from like the backwoods, even though he's from the second largest town in the state. Hilarious. Wow, okay. I think gratifying. Good old Rob Zomkowski, or whatever you know, his uh, good Christian name is. It's probably a good thing how we don't talk about how hot Greta Gerwig is. We just appreciate the work, but she's kind of a smoker to me. She kind of does it to me. I'm not going to lie. She's your fish man? I mean, I'll dance in front of her. He'd, he'd learn <laughs> sign language. Yeah. Can I ask a question about this fishman's uh, whole setup here? Yeah. Okay. You're the government. You yes. have a fishman. Yes. That you You're want to take you to space. People yeah. coming in and cleaning. I mean, you, you, you gotta it's sanitize just, it. Well, there area at least. Hanging out in a tank with like a chain that it can like fully stand up in and be like hello i'm here it's 1963 and men would rather let women be killed by fishmen than wipe their own floors as we learn from the bathroom scene i think the whole point is that because she has that like fancy id that has every piece of information about her right like clearly she has some level of government clearance and it seems like they're the only ones who ever clean in there so they are probably you know, they've been there the longest or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. She who is she gonna tell? She can't fucking talk. I guess. It just seems like security is so lax. Like she's having every lunch break in there. 
How? Yeah. How? No, they they should absolutely, at least if nothing else, be supervised by someone who knows what the fuck is going on. They're not studying his droppings. They're not getting the eggshells that come out of it. You right. Know? Right. Initially, I thought he was going to be in like the tube the whole time. Yeah. And I yeah, was like, yeah. okay, at least they're not going to get hurt if he's in the tube. And then maybe that's how he learned sign language. That kind of makes sense. And I was like, oh no, he out there. Yeah. He out there letting it all hang out except for his dick. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so I don't know if you actually gave him a rating cap, but what was, what would you give this? movie on your letterbox rating i gave it three and a half and a little heart mm. i don't know how much of it is rewatchable to me it kind of reminded me a little bit of wendy the peter pan adaptation we covered a while back yeah where i was like now that we know it's like peter pan and how the story is unless you want to like go back with a fine tomb comb and like look for it i don't yeah. know what's there but I really enjoyed watching it, and it was nice. I liked that they danced. I thought the dancing was good. Yeah. <laughs> when when they went to the uh, like that black and white musical sequence, I yeah. was like, okay, all right. Okay. okay. Well, remind me to never invite you to my dramatic romantic fantasy party, okay? But that party would be good, though. There's a big difference. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I, I'm afraid you're going to judge it just because everyone's going to be in black and white and I'm going to oh, have a big no. band. And now I'm feeling self-conscious about it. First of and all. And I don't want my romantic fantasy sequence to end with me just yelling, I'm a star at you, which it sounds like it might. So, you know. Unless you have six foot seven fishmen there, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a fly shindig. Hey, man, I can ask Doug Jones. We're friends Shit. now. Well, Doug Jones out of costume <laughs> He's cool, but he's amphibian, so cool. amphibian he is six, fish seven, god. though. That's what I'm saying. Like, amphibian fish god, we gotta have some conversations. But you know? what if he can, like, fix your hair or whatever? I don't know. I mean, hey, we, we can talk. We'll talk. Can I just say <laughs> that Giles, I think, might actually be my favorite character in this movie? Sure. Yeah. I love him <clears throat> so much. To me, I think I was willing to forgive a lot of the logical inconsistencies or just like stuffness because it's like this guy who is telling this story. And as we get to know him throughout the movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, he is like all up in everybody's like whatever and is filling in these elaborate fantasies where he doesn't know exactly what's going on. So I think that by seeing him do a lot of that, it, it made me go like, oh, OK, so of course, like we are learning more about this than like we would probably ever know if this were a straight story. Yeah. You said right or strong. You didn't say your rating. What would you give yeah. Shape of Water? Well, I think that Guillermo del Toro one day watched I Am Sam and decided to recreate oh. Oh, the dynamic. No. Oh, no. Not I Am Sam. Oh, In the Shape no. of Water, where we have a neighbor across the way that's secluded from the world and yet is wise and guiding. Anyway, oh, it's all there. It's all there. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, no. When I watched it the first time, I probably would have been like three and a half, four stars. Like, this is a good movie. Rewatching it now. Yeah, I, w I would probably say three stars. So I'm like right in between you guys. But there's just so much that turns me off from this movie. Like, I also love Giles. It's so cool to see Richard um, Jenkins you know, featured prominently in this like big movie and 
I didn't need everything with him and the Jello and going to the, like we're going to his old job to shop Jello at. Well, yeah, like, what was that? that was so clean, like, clean this up, clean this up, get it out of here. It's nonsense. How many times do we follow the Russian doctor to meet all those Russian guys? None of that comes to anything. It's nonsense. I mean, Michael Stolberg well, is amazing. They did hit him with the blammer at the end, so... Yeah, I mean, he, right. uh, It's because his butter cake didn't look very good. Who the fuck puts a chocolate right. swirl in a butter, butter cake? cake scene. We have the surf and turf. They call it surf and turf. Think about all of the stuff that this movie put into your brain that is nonsense, that doesn't need to be there. And like Kat said, give me them, like, just swimming around together... Give me them Fucking. dancing around together. Get him out of that facility quicker. Put Michael Shannon on the hunt quicker. Do you know what I mean? Get, cut to the chase. My God, I, I was watching this and I was like, bro, when is he leaving this freaking facility? Like, when are <laughs> also, we flooding an entire building for no reason? <laughs> Michael Shannon kind of rips in this. Like, he is yeah, actually kind of terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's terrifying when he's not stopping to say something stupid in the middle of him being oh, terrifying. Yes. Like when he's actually like killing Stilbarg and he stops to be like, you know, this candy. <laughs> I like it. This I don't like all the uh, store green high fructose corn syrup. Con- yeah, it's I don't a like metaphor boy stuff, but I like I, this candy and I'm telling you. In the middle of killing you. And now we're back. Uh, I I also just... The scene of him buying a car fucking sent me. I loved that scene. So... The cars are my favorite characters in this movie. It doesn't... I love those cars. It doesn't need to be in in there at all. But, like... Okay, you know what he kind of reminds me of in some of the scenes, though? Have you guys seen the live-action Beauty and the Beast remake? Of course not. It's a piece of shit. Uh, yeah. LeFou keeps like trying to build up Gaston's like dominance by being like, think of the war, think of yeah, all yeah, the yeah. widows you could like probably rape. It'll be great. Yeah. Just go back to the war. Think happy thoughts of the war. I feel like that is what was happening with this guy the whole time. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We have a whole car buying scene for a villain. We know how his <laughs> wife whips out one boob at a time. Like, why do I know that about And then she man? puts them away. When when yes. penetration starts, they're both away. Like, I get, see his I, ass. I, get, I know what they're showing. We saw movie. his ass and not the fish's ass. What the hell? What are we doing? Well, they, they well, decided because that. Because one of like, them is a much. gentleman, Mark. But yeah, like, I know what they're doing in that scene. They're showing how he is starting to become attracted to Eliza, right? Yeah. Because he's telling his wife not to talk. Okay, fine. But again, you you can do that in two minutes. I don't need to hear about Johnny wanting jetpacks. Like anyway, so I did I did really uh, yeah, like this time around, this dropped probably a full star rating for me. And I can say this, I will never watch this again. There ever. it is. <laughs> there, there it is. And Kat, if you liked it and you said like, well, I don't know how it'd be in a rewatch. Don't rewatch this movie because you'll probably, <laughs> yeah. Actually, she should. You, I think, Kat, you actually should rewatch this to see if it actually does age better for you because this is your first watch, right? Yeah. 
I mean, which, you know, Seth, it's so funny. Seth mentioned a highlight when she with the boob. I was like, oh. Uh-oh. And then we got zombie fingers on her face like 10 seconds later. It's like, yeah, and that's Guillermo's thing. Sweet, it's like, oh, sweetie, you're bleeding. That shit yeah, like gross. stuff, fanciful stuff, shocking violence. He he, he wiped the blood on her forehead like he did Simba and Lion King. Yep. <laughs> know who you are. <laughs> oh, what a movie. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's something. It's shit. something. I have to say this because again, I've never watched this movie again. I'm never talking about this movie again. There it is. They make her foolish, and she is not foolish. She is an established adult with a career, and she floods her bathroom with like <laughs> ten feet of water. With sink water. <laughs> no one. Which, first of all, you know how long that would take to fill up. I don't think you can. Like I, 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 it's, I don't think it's physically possible. Like it's just, and okay, so like this whole movie feels like going out of your way. There's all these logical inconsistencies because it's like he wants this shot. You know that yeah. that final shot of them, which we didn't even talk about. Oh my god! But like they're in the water. Her one shoe slips off. You know, yeah, it's a wonderful get shot. It? I do get it. I do. I do. I do. And then, okay, but this part really enraged me this time around. Like, truly, like, if the movie wasn't already over, I would have just thrown and turned it off. Her scars become gills, and I was just like, I'm done. As soon as I saw those scars, I was like, them shits is gills. Like, in the yeah. first shot, I was like, oh, the, she has scars that look like gills. I bet that's going to come up later. He thinks well, and that she's... Well, because I thought it was going to... Okay, a full disclosure. I was like, oh, he's going to kill her. He's going to think whoa. that she has yeah. gills like she does, like he does. And he's yeah. going to drag her right. underwater. Or she's going to go with him willingly. And he's going to kill her. And I, was, and I was like, oh, but she's like nice. And I don't want that to happen. And then it didn't. Because he can make hair grow and do other weird shit too. Yeah. With his fucking fiber optic magic. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> fucking Verizon and, files fish, and that would be closer to like a classic monster tragedy, right? Like yeah. he tries to bring her into his world and he can't. He hurts her and she dies. And no, it's not. It's not what happens here. And you know, earlier in the movie, we're told that she was found in a river, right? And so they're maybe trying to do like the spirited away thing, where it's yeah. like this, you know spirit has kind of been like guiding her and been with her all her life and she's she's been nonsense. the river the whole time yeah bad bad yeah. ending bad bad ending bad ending <laughs> I mean, it, was, it was cute <laughs> i mean i don't i don't like it, it, it wasn't bad like it was like it, it was what it was like we it was it was leading up to us all along. So, you know. A free willy, a free willy ending. She's literally like looking out at the barrier, like, all right, when can he jump that? Yeah. I'm glad they went for this instead of trying to explain the weird, like, split custody Pirates of the Caribbean arrangement. Because that mm. would have pissed me off more. If he had found a way to slide more business into this, you know he would have. <laughs> Man, I mean, it's it is what it is. 
It is what it yeah, is. Yeah, and what it is is an Oscar Best Picture winner. God! <laughs> Damn, this shit be get out. <laughs> oh. At least it be get out, though. A much worse movie. Oh, my God. Terrible takes. Terrible takes. Oh, no. <gasps> Jesus. Coming down the aisle, representing the Hyphen Podcast Group, they are the unbeatable team of B-Hyphen. I'm just saying, you worked yourself into a shoe to answer the question. Handsome Bane. My, my firm belief is a DDT should beat anybody. Showing mad love. Rid of me this, Batman. If two go in the pink. <laughs> the novelist. And catch Shinetti. This is what Brock Lesnar thinks he looks like if Brock Lesnar were a beautiful woman. They are the Wrestlecast Power And the Oscar goes to <laughs> Who gave this son of a bitch's green card? Birdman. <laughs> I don't want to talk. Oh my god, they want me to talk because I'm the worst English speaking guy here. Maybe next year the government will inflict some uh, immigration rules to the academy. Two Mexicans in a role that's suspicious, I guess. Um. Speaking of checking out, this, this movie also... Wow! Uh, as, as Seth mentioned earlier, shout out to our, our Mexican brothers and sisters. Right. One best picture, one best director, and... I'm surprised it didn't win Best Actor. Damn, I didn't want to... I feel like it should have. Keaton got nominated for Best Actor, which... I remember it was like a reaction image for a while of him putting the speech away. Maybe, maybe. And Ed Norton, he got nominated for Best Supporting Actor, which he's... uh, He's so good in this movie. Like He's so good in this movie. He's a fucking beast in this movie. You headed to Hollywood, Mike? No. No, Hollywood's heading here, Tabby. Good luck with that. A man becomes a critic when he cannot be an artist the same way that a man becomes an informer when he cannot be a soldier. A Flaubert, right? He's a Hollywood clown in a Lycra bird suit. Yes, he is. But tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, he's going out on that stage and risking everything. What will you be doing? Don't you ever worry that I'll give you a bad review. I'm sure you will. If I ever give you a bad performance. Miss Dickinson. That's Mr. Shiner. Emma Stone nominated for Best Supporting Actress. 
And in one best original mm. screenplay. Oh, 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 Emma Stone hot takes. Okay, all right, let's get to it. Birdman, Seth, hot take, go. Love Emma Stone in mm. just about everything. Just about <clears> everything. <throat> okay, Seth La La Land, but she's okay in this. Oh, yeah, okay. she's she's. I mean, she's good. She's well, she she has like four but, scenes. So yeah, well, right, exactly. And but, like yeah. a lot of her scenes are kind of the same thing. Yeah. In this. Yeah. This Except, is not a this is not a movie where she gets to showcase as much range. as some of her other films. <laughs> showcase range. Like it's it's well, not really ever. I mean, she's got the sa- about the same amount of both scenes range as Zach Galifianakis in this movie, who's doing great. He's doing his character, but would you say like, oh, that's best supporting? Like, no, not not in a million years. She's well, just got giant eyes with which to watch her father pass from this, you know, plane of existence into whatever next. comes next. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, uh, I remember when I saw the preview and I saw her looking out the window, I was like, oh, she's the main character of this movie? And I went to see it and I was like, where's Emma Stone? Hilarious. Somebody get me Emma Stone in here. I'm watching Michael Keaton in his underwear. My God. I saw this movie in theaters with my parents. Oh, shit. Nice. How, how was that when experience? I was in high school. <laughs> nice. Damn, you saw high school day after. I do feel it marked a departure point in my relationship with them. I mean, <laughs> shout out to your parents. I love your parents. It was lovely meeting them. But I can, I, I can see departure P- points. I can see Pete not fucking with this movie at all. I, I, yeah, I think he did a little. Really? And, and then I think, yeah, but like, I remember him going, "Was that?" That lesbian business strictly necessary, <laughs> and I think about that all the time. Was that lesbian business strictly necessary? In fairness, I remember at the time while I was watching it, being like, "Do we really have time to also invest in this?" I mean, like, yeah, I, I had time. The whole movie is moving along Ooh. like a freight train, and I assumed that. Since it's really a movie about two guys and the women who orbit around them and, like, their subservient men that orbit around them, I kind of assumed that they were just using that as an excuse to get the women off together for a while. Mm -hmm. And it feels like that. They put them in the lesbian fridge. They're not available for a little while. Don't think about it too much. Or do if you want to be gross. Hilarious. (laughs) And, like, that's fine, but I get it. Because they're, like, not in it for the next almost hour after that. Yeah. Yeah, they're only in it for, like, the actual play. That's basically it, so. It's interesting that he uses uh, lesbianism as a way to staunch female growth. Hmm. Mm. So, for your initial reaction to now, what are your thoughts on Birdman today? Oh, I, I fuck with this movie heavy. Mm, okay. <laughs> I had had multiple people tell me. Just so you know, it doesn't hold up. Just so you know, it's not good. It's a dumb exercise in misery. It's just showy. It's just here to, like, make you, like, it's here to go, I made you think, though, didn't I? And, like, maybe it's because I grew up in the theater. (laughs) But I get Gale Weather getting hit levels of joy out of watching Mm. Michael Keaton beat the shit. (laughs) (laughs) Ed Norton. Oh, yeah. Like uh, I, I just, I just felt very satisfied. It was a good meal. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's funny. I was, I was thinking about how I asked you 
whenever we covered all about Eve, and we kind of talked about like was there actual like real tension between screen actors and theater actors, and and the way that they the way that it was handled in this movie, it feels so true to life. I can see how all these different pieces of these theater individuals would have animosity toward these comic book actors basically kind of gravitating to theater to remain relevant. And I loved Edward Norton's character, but also the the critic and how I love the scene where him and T- Mike and Tabitha are going toe to toe and he's like sure of himself. He's confident. Like he knows what his skill is. And then the moment <laughs> that Michael Keaton does it, he's just like erratic all over the place, raw and just fumbling over himself. That was 20 years before I put on that goddamn outfit. I don't care. Okay, I was just, you know, just, you know before you come tomorrow. It doesn't I just matter. Feel, okay. I'm gonna destroy your play. But you didn't see it. Um, you know, did I do something to offend you? I, As a matter I'm of so fact, sorry. you did. You took up space in a theater which otherwise might have been used on something worthwhile. Okay, well, I mean, you don't even know if it's any good or not. I didn't... That's true. I haven't read a word of it or even seen a preview. But after the opening tomorrow, I'm going to turn in the worst review anybody has ever read. And I'm going to close your play. Would you like to know why? Because I hate you and everyone you represent. Entitled, selfish, spoiled children. Blissfully untrained, unversed, and unprepared to even attempt real art. Handing each other awards for cartoons and pornography. Measuring your worth in weekends. Well, this is the theater. And you don't get to come in here and pretend you can write, direct, and act in your own propaganda piece without coming through me first. So break a leg. You know, what has to happen in a person's life for them to become a critic, anyway? What are you writing, another review? Uh, is it any good? Is it? Is it bad? Did you even see this? Let me read it. I will call the well, police. Let me call the police. Let's read you. Callum. Callum's a label. Blackluster. Uh, That's just the labels. Margin. Marginal, are you kidding me? It sounds like you need penicillin to clear that up. That's a label too. These are just labels. You just label everything. That's so fucking lazy. You just, you're a lazy fucker. You're a lazy. Do you know what this is? Do you even know what that is? You don't. You know why? Because you can't see this thing if you don't know how to label it. You mistake all those little noises in your head for true knowledge. Are you finished? No, I'm not finished. There's nothing in here about technique. There's nothing in here about structure. Nothing in here about intention. It's just a bunch of crappy opinions backed up by even crappier comparisons. You write a couple of paragraphs. And you know what? None of this costs you fucking anything. You risk nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I'm a fucking actor. This play costs me everything. So I'll tell you what, you take this fucking malicious, cowardly, 
shittily written review, and you shove that right the fuck up your wrinkly, tight ass. You're no actor, you're a celebrity. Let's be clear on that. I'm gonna kill your play. I think they did a really good job with this movie. I think one of the other pieces of like context that's really interesting at this time is this is kind of marking what I would describe as a big departure point in actual theater space. So this is when this opens the same year, like within the five years, many of the big opening shows are film adaptations that are now musicals or plays. So Misery, for example, was a big Mm -hmm. play at the time with a big, with big Broadway people, like big actors from Hollywood making their Broadway statements. They had a musical adaptation of Ghost that came out this same season. Like this is is peak flattening of theater culture into films. And the only like original quote unquote shows that are surviving is Phantom, which is why I think it's so clever that they set it in the theater directly across the street from Phantom because it's like, we're trying to make real art here and look (laughs) at what is happening to New York. And like, it's the Times Squareification of New York. The big symbol of that is literally always peeking over their shoulder. Even this year, right? Some Like It Hot, which I think is an amazing adaptation and an amazing Broadway musical, is a movie adaptation. The biggest opening is Back to the Future, which is a movie musical adaptation. Like all of this stuff is happening in the background of this movie, which you probably weren't paying attention to unless you paid attention to theater like I did as a freak kid. So it's even, you know, deeper than that. It's it's not just we're not making small movies anymore. It's like there's no small musicals or plays anymore either. Mm. And that is creating this, you can feel the crunch coming in from all the sides, which I don't think I really had the like ability to process as a 17 year old. Um, yeah, cause you're in the moment, so yeah. Yeah, but that makes, I think the whole movie feel so much more airless, right? Mm. The idea that like, this is the first, like, let's see, this came out in 2014. So let me take a look at what was the 2014 Broadway opening season, because not only are there the musicals tended to get you in, you know, there was more more push for musicals because they got more butts and seats at the time, which eliminated a lot of traditional stage actors from being able to continue to practice their craft. And oh, by the way, there's a chance that you're going to be celebrity stunt casted out at any single moment. And then you're going to have to be in Aladdin. Uh, shit yeah so 2014 is aladdin hedwig and the angry inch which was good but still honeymoon in vegas which is based off of a movie i believe on the town bridges of madison county the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime which is based off of a book but still uh the elephant man which you know whatever the last ship which was the terrible sting musical which i would count as a flattening of broadway culture even though it's not a film adaptation Oh my god, I forgot about the realistic Joneses. <laughs> wow. Oh, right. uh, you know, but it's all stuff that is flattening, 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 yeah. flattening, flattening everything out and down. Les Miserables, which had just got it just reopened with its movie 
movie refresh Broadway show. Oh, and Rocky, the Rocky musical. How could I forget the Rocky musical? Holy shit. <laughs> they made um, a Rocky musical? Holy shit. Oh, yeah. baby. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Jeez. Seth, what do you think about Birdman? To what Kat was saying, rewatching it this time, my mind went back to the Chris Evans led Broadway show. Oh. Um, which was 2018. So it was a few years later. But it was like Chris Evans and Michael Sarah starring in yeah. either police officers or security guards. Security guards, like yeah. 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 Yep. Brian Tyee Hearn was in it too, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I mean it's like four years later and Oh right. That's like, why he got the mustache. That's why he got the mustache, yep. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's like four years later and you literally have like this guy who's a superhero actor now coming on and being like, Hey, I'm opening on Broadway, even though I've uh not been here (laughs) yeah but as far as the movie as a whole i think i actually liked it more the second time around i did too whole idea of like it being uh i I can't remember what cat said people were saying it being like an exercise in misery or whatever I, i don't agree with that like this movie doesn't feel melodramatic it just feels realistic to what this guy's going through like i understand trying to put on like this big thing and you risk all your money and it's like, okay, this either is going to work or my life is going to be much worse than it was prior to me trying to do this. So everything going wrong, it's just kind of like, yeah, like that's, you know, it's like Norton says, it's like, it's it's previews. Like it doesn't really matter. We're working everything out. And so yeah, it doesn't feel like, Oh my God, everything's going wrong. It just feels realistic. The soundtrack never bothered me. The whole camera tricks never bothered me. I like the jazz. I like the, I like the jazz yeah. at all. So I, I remember seeing it and it being one of those movies and three billboards is also one of those movies. And Grand Budapest hotel is also one of those movies where I remember really consciously noticing the artistry of filmmaking in a yeah. way that I think I had previously taken for granted. Yeah. yeah. And I was afraid I wasn't going to like it. Yeah. Like I don't think, I don't think it ever goes into like, hey, watch me, watch me. I almost feel like the no cut thing, which people would say, you know, it's like a trick. The no cutting and the very simple score, it almost just becomes like background noise. And you really can kind of follow and you can kind of like zone out, but also pay more attention. I think it works really well for like the story and the pace that they're telling, you know, and like. They're not trying to tell you this is one continuous take. There's multiple times throughout the movie where, you know, hours are passing and you know what I mean? But I like that they stick to it. You know, gimmicks, I think we only call it a gimmick if it doesn't work. True. (laughs) So here I think it works. I think that Keaton is good. I think that Norton is good. My only my biggest like problem with it this time is like it's just so like, hey, superhero movies suck, right? And look at all these actors who are in franchise <laughs> stuff, right? Isn't this crazy? And hey, remember when Edward Norton got fired from The Hulk? Well, we're going to reference that too. And it's just like, uh, and then also like. That's kind of age well. Devil. That kind of age well for me. Also, like, though, it's really interesting because I just realized this is this is being made like two years after the Spider-Man musical, which is when they tried to do that in reverse. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit. yeah. And then like just also like the heavy criticism of critics and like just straight up making her like the devil. I was like, <laughs> okay, you know, she cannot be 
working for him and not be the devil. (laughs) (laughs) But Inaritu is really like pulling out a lot of frustrations that he's either feeling or that artists are feeling at the time. And honestly, like everything that Kat just said, totally true. And I agree with it. Right. And so this movie's commenting on it. It's commenting on it as a movie. If he really wanted to like do this, do it as a play. Do it as a play mm-hmm. and cast actors and don't cast. For me, it's too meta to be taken seriously as like a serious criticism of anything. Because guess what? You're hiring Michael Keaton. You're hiring Edward Norton, a known jerk who comes in. And That's why I love him so much in this movie. And like, That's why he's just, so good. I mean, it is good, but don't. It, it's good. Don't expect me to learn something from this movie. Like, because you, you're employing everything that you're supposedly turning your nose up at. And like the funniest thing to me is Michael Keaton does this. And then three years later, he does Spider-Man where he plays a literal bird man. And then he comes back to do the flash and in which George Clooney is also in. And he makes a comment, you know, tells a story about George Clooney in this movie. And it's just like, it's like, (laughs) it's like, you know what? Okay. All right. Rich Hollywood, dudes with power you want to pout and you want to complain and you want to make a statement i'll i'll like it like cat said like this is a good meal but i'm not gonna cry for you i ain't, i ain't crying for you in i ain't crying for you keaton like i'm sorry and that's actually why i think the emma's the emma stone dumping on michael keaton i think that's why i like that scene a lot because she is the only person in this entire exercise that is just fully kind of commenting on so the, the ridiculousness of you're really trying to put yourself into this upper echelon category when you're literally just a dude trying to get this money. Like, and she well, she doesn't talk about the money specifically, but she is really just yeah. saying that you're really putting way too much importance into this silly little thing that you want to do this play for. And yeah. so I I think it's kind of what you, like kind of what you're talking about the idea that. You can comment on it, but it doesn't mean that, like, I'm going to take you that seriously if you do. So, yeah. Uh, and like, like Kat was saying about everything about Broadway, you know, kind of losing its identity. So now we're having film people come in and tell us that. Get out of here. <laughs> like, come yeah, on. Now, now we're having film people commenting on Broadway losing its identity. And I do think that this could be a really cool play. Just thinking about it in that context, I really like that if you just did it basically so the the backstage is is the front of the stage yeah i think that could be incredibly powerful and and well done but also like i do feel like when they did this everyone like discovered michael keaton again like he hadn't done anything that anyone cared about in a while i remember he was on like cbs sunday morning and i was like (laughs) okay he was in the like, Robocop. I guess this must reboot. really be Ugh. something. He was on a cold streak, buddy boy. <laughs> like, it's funny. I think basically it was, I think it was Spotlight and this. It's kind of like this Spotlight and then the first, maybe ironically, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. I think that was basically the the Keaton songs. So. Hey, he had that great role as a villain dad in the Minions movie. Oh, wow. Oh, oh Wow. In 2014, he was in RoboCop. And in 2014, also, he was in Knee for Speed. In 2014, yeah. he was in Birdman. Like, like, 
He's going to be in Beetlejuice again soon. Uh, oh, no. Hey, you see uh, Rami Malek's whole butt in Need for Speed. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, literally. Oh, right. And he did Dumbo. If you're in this role and you're in the movies, basically you're taking these comic book movies and you do RoboCop and Need for Speed the same exact year. Right. That, right that's right. kind of tough. That's kind of yeah. tough. So yeah. that speaks further to your point also, Seth, the idea that the contradiction is just there. Somewhere the contradiction is lurking if you think a little bit hard about it. So Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, hey, he's I will say dead, he was the best part the of that dead flash. Dad movie. and Herbie fully loaded. He, oh he, yes. <laughs> he he was the best part of Flash, which is very sad in itself. Also, cat you be not the you, babies in the in oh, the microwaves. No. But that but cat you be cat you be proud to learn that Batfleck is the second best part of the Flash movie. Ooh. I, why am I pleased about that? You like Batfleck, right? I I feel that uh, we don't know enough about Batfleck to judge Batfleck. In this one, you will. He's a good guy in this one. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Seth, you, you, know, you know what I truly can't bring myself to give a single shit about anymore? Ezra Miller? DC. Like, uh, and yeah. that's tough because the Batman this... villains are my favorite. I have cosplayed Harley Quinn for almost a decade now. And... Every time they announce that they're doing anything, I just go, fuck. <laughs> and I don't know how to walk away from that. <laughs> I guess I walked away a long time ago, so it's it's easy for me. I snuck in the Flash because I was not paying money to see the Flash. Oh so, yeah. <laughs> and and the fun, it was like 104 degrees that day in San Antonio. Oh so, so did I make the right choice? Probably not actually, but I saw I saw Keaton be one of my favorite characters ever. So, well, yeah, comic characters at least ever. So, yeah, bad movie. <sighs> yeah, for <laughs> middest of the mid. Speaking of comic books and this movie, I really get lost when he's having the comic book fantasy with like the big, big monster bird and like the explosion. <laughs> That, that was that was a definite reach. I appreciated it though, but it was a definite reach. I can definitely say. Yeah. My favorite line in this movie is when Tabitha is talking to to Michael Keaton, and she says, "You're not an actor. You're a celebrity." Yeah. And and, and then my mind went into so many actors that that could probably apply to this, and it's funny that they showed Robert Downey Jr. in the movie. And then my, my one of my thoughts was, and I wanted to ask you guys, with well, RDJ with his history before Iron Man, was he a actually no before Oppenheimer of this year? If you take away Oppenheimer, and you kind of think about RDJ's like career in totality, he was definitely like the prodigy. But then drugs derailed basically everything for him. Yeah, and, and then I think. <laughs> Before Oppenheimer, I would have said RDJ is celebrity and not an actor. Because he's oh he, man, he, he his personality outshines. It just feels like his like other than Zodiac and like maybe Chaplin. It's like Zodiac, Oppenheimer, and Chaplin. If we talk about wow. like, if we talk about dramatic 
performances that he's like great at. You're gonna make me defend Robert Downey Jr. right now. I mean, go for it, please. You mean to tell me that Doolittle didn't just grab you by the lapels and and <laughs> Doolittle did little. You didn't want to climb up a dragon's asshole to get the magic bagpipes. Hey, hey, that's a that's another conversation. You don't, you don't think that this is a performance for the ages? So Tropic Thunder is great. It, <laughs> Tropic Thunder is great. So Tropic Thunder is great. Now, <laughs> now that is that is a that is a very great comedic performance. I would definitely say that as well. No, but, but I, I'm not actually defending him. I don't I don't really care. But he's got some good stuff like. A Scanner Darkly, that's Linklater. A lot of people didn't see that one. Kiss Kiss Bane Bane, if you haven't seen that, one of the best, just, it's Shane Black. So like, if you know any other Shane Black stuff, you pretty much know what you're getting into. But Kiss Kiss Bane Bane is like, just a fantastic, fantastic film. Neo-noir comedy. All right. So Kat, is RDJ an actor or celebrity? I don't care. (laughs) So are you ever gonna see Oppenheimer? If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate us five stars, leave a review, and tell a friend to tell a friend. Follow Kat at Ketchinetti on X, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Follow Marcus at Show and Mad Love, S-H-O-W-I-N-M-A-D-L-O-V on X and Letterboxd. Follow the show at Cat and Mark on X. This podcast is executive produced by Kellen Conley and Eric Greenlee. Thanks for listening. We should do this again sometime. Relax. Relax. You can't do this to me. To you? Oh, shut up. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, yeah. You're talking about you. No, what don't else do is the new? thing the where thing you, 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 about me. Look, I'm trying to do it. something that's important. This is not important. It's important to me. Okay? Maybe not to you or your cynical friends whose only ambition is to go viral. But to me, this is, my God, this is my career. This is my chance to finally do some work that actually means something. It means something to who? You had a career, Dad, before the third comic book movie. Before people started to forget who was inside that bird costume. You were doing a play based on a book that was written 60 years ago for a thousand rich old white people whose only real concern is going to be where they go to have their cake and coffee when it's over. Nobody gives a shit but you. And let's face it, Dad, you are not doing this for the sake of art. You are doing this because you want to feel relevant again. Well, guess what? There is an entire world out there where people fight to be relevant every single day, and you act like it doesn't exist. Things are happening in a place that you ignore. A place that, by the way, has already forgotten about you. I mean, who the fuck are you? You hate bloggers. You mock Twitter. You don't even have a Facebook page. You're the one who doesn't exist. You're doing this because you're scared to death, like the rest of us, that you don't matter. And you know what? You're right. You don't. It's not important, okay? You're not important. Get used to it. This is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained?